Shalom and welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast from JewishBoston.com. I'm Miriam Anzvin, and I'm joined on this episode by my co-host, Dan Seligson. Hi, Dan. Hey, Miriam. As Dan already knows, one thing I love about doing this podcast is talking to Jews from a wide variety of backgrounds. I'm a Judaic studies major after all, and I believe that in order to understand the history and cultures within the worldwide Jewish community, we have to recognize Jewish diversity. There are Mizrahim of North Africa and the Middle East, Sephardic Jews of South America, the Beta Yisrael of Ethiopia, Indian Jews and Bukharan Jews of Central Asia. There are Black Jews and Jews of color. All of these identities are integral to the narrative of the Jewish people as a whole. Unfortunately, there is a tendency in the United States to think of the Jewish community as a monolith, all with the same experiences and cultural norms. That's why I was thrilled to learn about the new project we're going to talk about with our guest today. We are excited to have on the podcast today Yitz Jordan, co-founder of TribeHerald.com, a new media company focused on centering the voices of Jews of color. Yitz, a.k.a. Love, started making his mark in the public consciousness in 2005 when he was recognized as the first African-American Orthodox Jewish hip-hop artist. He is also a multicultural educator, fashionista, tech guru, advertising whiz, activist for social change, and political pundit. Yitz joined us from his home, as everybody does these days with the coronavirus and all, to tell us about his collaboration with Rabbi Shais Rishan, a.k.a. Manish Tana, that led to Tribe Herald, what he's learned since its launch, and why it's the site you need to read right now. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Vibe of the Tribe. Thank you for having me. So you are the co-founder of Tribe Herald, a new media company focused on centering the voices of Jews of color. Tribe Herald is such an important new contribution to Jewish journalism because it challenges the overwhelmingly Ashkenormative Jewish American consciousness people don't necessarily realize how diverse American Judaism really is. What inspired you to create this publication? About seven months ago, Manish Tana and I were talking about how there's no central place to hear about Jews of color. We all feel kind of disconnected from each other. Other than Facebook groups, there's no real way that Jews of color had to feel a sense of community when it came to media. So we came up with the idea, we said, why don't we start a newsletter for Jews of color? And then that kind of marinated in our minds until over the winter when all of the anti-Semitic attacks started happening in Jersey City and Muncie. And too many of those attacks were perpetrated by people of color. And when there's conflicts between Ashkenazi Jewish communities and communities of color, who gets caught in the middle? Jews of color. So it was Jews of color being, oh, asked which side they were loyal to, who you have families splitting apart where the biracial families where the black side and the Jewish side are arguing. You had people who felt alienated from the community to the point that people were considering just completely leaving the community. And so we realized that we needed to have a physical space, a community center that people could come to, 
and go come to events and see programs that were centered around Jews of color, not just for Jews of color, but centered around our unique needs and concerns and things. So we started the Trap Herald Foundation to collect for the community center. And we were in the process of opening the community center and then Corona happened. And so everything that was going to be offline had to be online. And we revisited the quote unquote newsletter idea and realized that was just much more needed to be out there than that. And we decided to put together tribeherald.com and form a whole media company just based on diversity and inclusion, something that hadn't been there before. So how did you come up with the name for the site? And what does Tribe Herald mean to you? What should it mean to readers as well? So we are the herald for the new tribe. Just like the herald in scripture times, the Mavasir would be the one who would announce the coming of the new king, that would announce the coming of the new kingdom, would announce the coming of X or Y huge event. So too, that's us for the Jewish community. The Jewish community in 2100 is not going to look like it looks today. And we are the herald of the new age of diversity and inclusion and intersectionality. We're not just, like I said, just for Jews of color. We're for Jews of color, our friends, allies, loved ones, and supporters. And anyone who doesn't fit into one of those four categories is probably part of the problem. And over the course of time, everyone's going to be fitting into one of those categories as time goes on. I love that answer. I, that's a great vision. I, when I read the Tribe Herald launch on what you called Arab Juneteenth, the evening before Juneteenth, this punctuated a, a year in which there were nationwide protests that just launched actually in early June and then a little bit before over police brutality and racial injustice, which have been with us for 400 years. However, new attention paid because of uh, video or whatever other reason that, that, that we got a lot of people now paying attention. What is the significance of, of the timing and Juneteenth and Arab Juneteenth as the launch for the Tribe Herald? Well, we wanted to launch on Arab Juneteenth because Arab Juneteenth, that night of June 18th, would have been the last night that anyone went to bed a slave. That was the last time that anyone would call themselves property of someone else. The next day, they would be informed that they were free. So that idea of transition from slavery to freedom, that was when we wanted to launch Tribe Herald. We wanted to be something that would uh, signal this transition into a new era of Jewish media. This year, like I said previously, really for us started last year. And whether it was anti-Semitism taking us into 2020, and then the racial injustice that was brought in, that was, has come to light throughout 2020, We've been, when JTA asked me how I was feeling, I was like, I'm, I'm feeling anxiety. That's what I'm feeling. We've been in a, you have a lot of people who have been dealing with a lot of trauma and we've been dealing with a lot this year. So as much of a media outlet, we wanted to create some type of a f form for connection. And our in-person centers, Corona willing, will have uh trauma counselors and support groups and things like that for people um, who either have been victimized themselves or have family that was victimized or have been witness to crimes and things like, have been witness to police brutality and things like that. I'm, I'm really interested to know 
I know that the site only launched very relatively recently, but what has the feedback been so far from both white Jews and Jews of color? So we've been getting more feedback on Facebook than we have on the site itself because the Facebook launched a couple months ago. And we've, I've gotten a lot of, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. A lot of the videos that I've put out recently have been revolving around Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and its relationship with anti-Semitism and how it's being t- branded as anti-Semitic because of anti-Israel statements that were made a few years ago and about how there needs to be a plurality of voices in the Black Lives Matter movement and videos. People are like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was saying. I'd say that the majority of our audience, I don't know if it is Jews of color or if it's not. I'd have to do a survey to find that out. But we are getting a lot of people who don't ex- who sound like they've been alienated from their Jewish communities. Hmm. And this is that Jewish page that they're coming to on Facebook and that they are getting their Jewish news from, which really is a great feeling because if someone's not going to feel, th- if they're not going to read their, if they're not going to read their Schulz newsletter, they're not going to read their local Jewish newspaper because they don't feel connected to it. As long as there's a a place in Jewish media that they feel connected to. Dan and I are both very visibly uh, white, but we've found such insights in in reading the website, just in terms of the content over the past few weeks, there's been so much that that we didn't know. So for example, there's several articles uh, written about and for the experiences of Native American Jews, which I thought was so awesome and amazing and just like, duh, it never, never occurred to me that, of course, there's a community of Native American Jews. Of course there is. How aware do you think, I mean, I wasn't aware, how aware do you think American Jews are about the remarkable diversity amongst our tribe? I mean, some people might, you could say, oh, I Sephardi and Mizrahi and Ashkenaz, but it's so much farther beyond that. I think there's a, a recognition that there is a diversity there. There's been so many studies that have come out on how many Jews of color there are. Are yeah. there 2% black Jews? Are there 6% black Jews? Are there 9% black Jews? Uh, there's so many st- uh, studies that have been done. So I feel like there's an awareness that the diversity is there. But the way that diversity has been covered up until now has been almost like a either humanitarian story. We went to this third world country and we found this group of people who were keeping Shabbat and look at how wonderful we are that we found these people or it's almost as uh, like almost tokenizing like look who converted we had no idea that there were Jews of this type what we wanted to do was show diversity from a multifaceted point of view like not yet not only do Native American Jews exist but there's intertribal issues, there's issues of upward mobility, how one translates tribal law into American law into halacha. Oh, this is so interesting. There's all types of, you know, issues as to how people make their lives work that are just more than they exist. Mm. And we wanted to show that, whereas a lot of publications would potentially stop at saying like, oh, and here's a community of Native American Jews. It's like, no, here's a Native American Supreme Court justice talking about how she got through law school. Like, th- that we wanted to show a more multifaceted aspect of diversity. 
Huh, that's so, that's, I just, I, I'm really interested to find out when you mentioned the halachic issues, like the, the issues of Jewish law, I'm really interested to find out uh, more about that. And I hope there's more articles published about that soon, because that is such a fascinating concept to think about is how, how one interweaves these things and, and balances them. That's really, really cool. Just one of the many things that people yeah. have to balance often between right. living in the nexus of different communities. Yeah. I just wanted to commend you on making a site that has incredibly compelling content. I think the idea behind creating it is fantastic. And also the content is, is backing up your vision. And it's just you just launched. There are a lot of sites that take a long time to build the kind of content that you already have available on there. I'm wondering, while a lot of things that I've read have surprised me, I'm wondering if there are some ideas or writers who have consistently been surprising you as you're reading and publishing this site. So I guess the I guess the sheer amount of Native American content that was going to be coming to our inbox, I didn't realize was going to be to the extent that it was. And Cherokee versus this versus that. And I, I, hearing about all these, the intertribal issues, I didn't realize that they were there. We got a photo submission from a shul in, uh, in Indonesia, in Jakarta. And it was just, to them, it was just their bar mitzvah pictures. And to me, I'm like, this whole community and you're all Orthodox and you're all in Jakarta? Like, where were you? Why have I never heard from you before? Except on Instagram? That was one of, that was kind of a mind-blowing experience for me. How many, how many Jews live in Muslim countries and are thriving, like in the UAE? I, I just didn't realize that it was to, that it was to that extent the, Jewish community in places like Turkey and Syria and things like that, I, that I just didn't think existed. There was a song we used to sing in youth group. I, I went, I was in reform youth group, wherever you go, there's always someone Jewish. And I'm not going to sing it to you, but Thank there's you. a song that really kind of goes through like all over the world. It rhymes really well. All over the world, there are Jews. And the, we did have that sense growing up, but not kind of the awareness that your, your site is bringing life to it, because basically it's saying, there aren't just, look, here's a, po a picture of Jews here. Here are their concerns. Here are the things that matter to them. And I think that's, that's where you are taking us where Jewish media has not previously gone. And I commend you for that again. And when, like um, I said, we're not just for Jews of color. We're going to be launching Tribe Q for LGBT Jews. We also have a Tribe Herald Sapphire. For, for women. So to um, build same thing built on diversity and inclusion first. One of the reasons of can go into this specifically why we didn't get the community center. We were shopping around for spaces with a real estate agent and we had a Hasidic landlord who couldn't understand that we wanted to start throwing Jewish events in Bushwick in Brooklyn in a mostly community of color. And he says to us, why Bushwick? My kind of Jewish doesn't live in Bushwick. And we were like, you have just explained and just illustrated exactly why we need to open this space. This is exactly why we need to open this space in Bushwick. And he gave us a hard time at the time. But then Corona happened. And I 
don't know if it's racism. I don't know if it was a class issue, but whatever it was, I look at it as the biggest blessing that we are not caught up in a multi-year lease on a building right now. Baruch Hashem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congrats on that. That would be, that, that ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise. Mm. the the landlord who didn't want to who wanted to do more due diligence on us because while he was he would be researching us like i said n- now no one has any space to right any space oh man i do look forward to the time when you can open it because i would love to visit and it would mean that all of this is over and i think we could do a follow-up where we actually visit the center yes so, so amazing from your mouth to the cdc <laughs> and god's <ears. laughs> so let's let's talk about your personal story just a little bit i found it so interesting so like me you're a former orthodox jew but unlike me you are a critically acclaimed gay mc known as why love and your music is in english hebrew yiddish arabic latin aramaic and that's a whole diaspora flavor right there i'm interested to know your thoughts about how art and music can help the jewish community understand each other's experiences as both being vastly different and yet vastly interconnected. Oh, it's it. I think that music is not just it, it's the ultimate mode of communication. It's the ultimate mode of learning. It's the ultimate mode of bridge building arts and music. One I hear when I hear now tracks featuring Nisim. Yes. Haredi radio stations. I'm like, that's what I was saying 20 years ago when I was out here rhyming in bars because everybody thought that my music was strafe. And then, of course, over time, I would get more and more from fans and then more and more yeshivas would catch on to hip hop. And now, I mean, please, Orsameach has MCs and DJs and it, it's a non-issue. It, one of the things that I just think is a beautiful thing is how much musical exchange has gone on in Jewish music. Yeah. And so I feel like that if this continues, then the unity is going to continue behind it. More artists, artists to express themselves. And that's one of the things that we hope to do with Tribe Herald to give more people platforms to bring their creative writing and to bring their art to us. We've already had a drawing contest. Oh, did you? Yeah, in our newsletter months ago. <laughs> it was mostly for kids, but still. But to give artists a platform, because only good can come from that. Yes. Oh, I love that. So you published a, a tweet that I really, I found it so powerful. It's a video um, talking about a new style of Judaism, quote unquote, new style of Judaism, an explicitly anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-homophobic Judaism. So Havas Yisrael, which means loving our fellow Jews, is a key concept in Judaism. And the thought behind this video is that we are violating Ahavas Yisrael when we allow Jewish leadership from rabbis to educators to whomever to continue to be in positions of power and leadership if they're not applying Ahavas Yisrael to every Jew. So I love this framing because this concept isn't a new idea. It's an integral part of Judaism that should be applied consistently. So my question to you is, what other key ethical and religious philosophies can we revisit through this paradigm in a way that moves us towards equality? One, the, one of the reasons that I chose Ahavas Israel is because it's so all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. Within that idea of loving one's fellow Jew, or really 
ultimately loving all of humanity, reflecting God's love to us outwards. There's so many concepts that play into that, like not embarrassing someone else in public, which... So huge. And everyone's forgotten that one. It's so huge. Which extends never um, never talking badly about someone except for a good reason. And that good reason has to benefit someone else that's not you. Um, not infringing on someone else's benefits um, or not infringing on someone else's, not stealing from someone else, whether it's property or whether it's time or whether it's uh, reputation, things like that. All of these things play into that general idea of that which is hateful to you don't do to somebody else just remembering that and using that as as Chazal did while standing on one foot and using that as the basis for everything else um, will totally transform Judaism I've been blessed to have had extremely vocal and there's no nonsense anti-racist rabbis in my life, ranging from Rabbi Nachman Bullman from Orsameach in Israel, their previous, who said to me about a racist guy who used the N-word in uh, yeshiva, that young man is the reason the Messiah hasn't come yet. Mm. The rabbi from Chabad of Park Heights in Baltimore, who, when there was a racist in shul, people had to be physically held back from the guy. Like, really loud vocal anti-racist rabbis who have given me kind of that fire to be like what i don't have to take this no one has to take this and anyone who is hearing this the problem is with the one the person who's saying it, not with the person who's taking offense that's really heartening to hear by the way <laughs> that really is yeah i I'm, i feel very fortunate to have had i can run down a whole list of rabbis who've really spoken powerfully about Ahavish Yisrael to me and in their congregations. And I've seen it by example, and I've heard it from pulpits. This does matter. All lives in the Jewish community do matter. In this context. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we can qualify, yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of people listening to this will be excited to hear about the Tribe Herald and will be finding out about it for the first time. And I hope that they visit and become regular readers. I also think they'll become enthusiastic supporters. And I'm I'm curious about how our listeners can support your work and kind of ongoing anti-racism work in the Jewish community. Well, Tribe Herald, the Tribe Herald Foundation, like I said, it's not that we've forgotten about the community center. We still are collecting for it, Corona willing, maybe next year. So that uh, site is up at tribeherald.org. We're always accepting donations. And the Tribe Herald Media is looking for investors, people who believe in us and believe that in our vision and who believe that, like we do, that the Jewish media landscape and the Jewish community is going to change over the course of the next generation. And anyone who is interested in investing and uh, buying a stake in Tribe Herald Media can email invest at tribeherald.com. And we will also put um, these links in the show notes for anyone listening. So check that out as well. I mean, yes, thank you so much for joining us. And and from just one tribe-related Jewish media thing to another, Kol Vode. may you go from strength to strength. And may we all be uh, successful this year. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. 
For more information about Tribe Herald, visit tribeherald.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate and review The Vibe of the Tribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you to our editor, Jesse. Stay safe and wear a mask. Until next time, everyone. <laughs>